Hey everybody, welcome to yet another edition of the Unnamed Brodocross podcast, aka The Bro Show, aka your 30 minute break from Pornhub. Haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, we're back at it. Sorry for the inconsistency, I've just got better things to do than talk about dirt, just kidding, I talk about dirt bikes every single day of my life. But uh, this now I'm recording it, so here we go. Um... I'm trying to get some consistency out of these things, but it just hasn't happened yet. Maybe it'll never happen. Hopefully it eventually does happen. But for now, you guys are just going to have to satiate your bro cravings with uh, just every once in a while getting these things. Um, the big So what's happening in the world of motocross? Dungey got penalized for like the first time ever. Seriously, like when has Dungey ever been penalized? He is like... Dr. Perfect, fucking white teeth kissing babies, always. And this is his dark side. The dark side of Ryan Dungey accidentally jumping on the Red Cross flag. Um, I didn't see it happen. Nobody seemed to see it happen. They got no cameras on it. Conveniently enough, AMA, conspiracy theories. Um, yeah, I didn't see it. I wasn't there, so I was watching on TV. TV did not catch it. I've seen a hundred thousand times these flaggers doing an extremely piss poor job of putting the flag out there because they don't. They're like, oh yeah, the flag. I've got the flag out there. The rider can see it. They don't take into consideration at all where the rider is on the track and more importantly where he's coming from on the track. So if you are standing on the right side of the track and the rider just came out of a 90 right-hand turn, you are as far away in his peripheral vision as you could possibly get. And he's gonna. And if he's coming at a triple wide open, he doesn't have fucking time. It would be way, way, way more unsafe for that rider to hit the brakes when he sees you at the last fucking second than to just hit the jump and hope that he doesn't hit anybody. And 90% of the time, when riders do probably more than 90% of the time, when riders jump on the Red Cross flag, nothing bad happens. And I know that the Red Cross flag is there for a reason, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't exist, and I think there are definitely instances when the Red Cross flag needs to be used. And I think that it's typically used in the right instances, but they need to try way harder. Like, you need to fucking wave. First of all, there should be two. Two red flags, flat track style, like the flaggers in flat track. They do the double... And they've got all these fucking uh, flag maneuvers that they do. And they're incredible. I have no idea how those... It's always these like older guys. They're in their like, fucking flat track polo and their hat. But they are the most majestic. They must be... I know that rhythmic gymnastics at least used to be in the Olympics. And those guys are definitely Olympic caliber rhythmic gymnasts with the, with those flags. They're incredible. So get some of those guys, get the flat track guys over to Supercross and have them be the Red Cross flag guys because then if riders are saying that they didn't see it, you can be like, dude, fucking bullshit. There is every single person in the stadium saw that guy. So there's no way you missed that. As it is though, I can totally see that Dungey missed it and it's like, AMA is kind of like, oh, well, fuck you then, dude. It's this, they have no consequence for if 
the rider couldn't see it other than somebody getting hurt. But they're just going to be like, yeah, fuck it. Look, you should have been paying more attention. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. It's, um, I don't know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating when, the, when somebody has absolute power like that. Like the AMA. And like the police. I'm going to read you an excerpt from uh, a group of my favorite poets um, about when authority figures have absolute power and exactly what you should do about that. Okay? Um, and see if you can guess who it is. Here we go. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad because I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Powerful words. That uh, comes from the great O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube, as his part in the iconic group, NWA, niggas with a Z, with attitudes. True poets of our time. And, um, uh, I don't know, where was I, what was I just talking about? I got into a rant about 90s hip-hop. And, and I hope nobody got offended. Actually, you know what, I don't give a fuck. If you got offended that I said niggas, then eat a dick, dude. There was no racism in that. I was literally quoting a fucking song and then naming the name of a fucking group. So if you got upset about that, be you black, white, Asian, Latino. I don't know why Asians or Latinos would get angry about that unless they got a wicked stick up their ass. But I know that black people, some of them probably got pissed about that because they hate it when they're like ultra sensitive when even anybody says something like that, even though there was absolutely no racist intent. Or white people who are like, you know, those hipster white people that just have to hop on any bad bandwagon that they can and fucking hop on their soapbox and get out their megaphone because they're like, fuck yeah, I'm so happy that I bought a megaphone instead of rented one because there are so many issues that I need to make sure that I scream in people's faces even though they don't give a fuck about my non-contributing bullshit arguments. And uh, so yeah, don't, don't be offended. And if you did, fuck you, stop listening. If you did be, if you did get offended, stop listening. Okay, let's talk about dirt bikes some more. Um, so Dungey pushed back to third, keeps the podium streak alive. He's at 27 right now, which if you're going by the by Racer X's streak, the, he is the longest podium streak of all time. If you're going by mine, where Carmichael has 36, Dungey's catching up. And of course, if you didn't hear that podcast a while ago, mine was counting Carmichael's 36. Carmichael had the entire 2004 Supercross season when he wasn't racing, had a torn ACL. He didn't enter any of those races, so I don't think it should necessarily count as breaking his streak. If you do, then fine. You measure the Racer X way, and Dungey is the longest podium streak rider ever. And if you don't, if you agree with me because you're awesome, then Dungey's closing in, closing in on Carmichael. Nine more to go. So we can't do it this season, but doing pretty well. It's pretty incredible that Dungey is having a better season this year than he did last year, and last year was like by far the best season of his career. So that would make this one like by far, by far the best season of his career. 
Dungey and um, but so Dungey got third. Musk and Anderson, one and two. Uh, opposite, not respectively, opposite of what I just said. Um, and so that means that Alden Baker swept the fucking podium. And goddamn, more. It's like I feel like I say this all the time, but that guy just writes his own checks. He's just like, hey, you can train with me, man, but it's going to cost you like $5 million. But guess what? I'm going to make you a champion, and you're going to fucking win. So as long as you don't get hurt, you're going to be the shit. And that was sort of a reference to Adam Cincerillo. I actually like him a lot. I think he's a good rider, good kid. Looks exactly like the, is it Anthony Michael Hall, whoever the kid was in 16 Candles. Oh, God damn, Cincerillo looks exactly like that dude. It's fucking unbelievable. For sure, AC's dad might want to talk to AC's mom about if she ever had any relationships with that dude. While they maybe they did a trial separation. I don't know. They probably didn't. This is prob I'm just speculating here. But goddamn does Adam look exactly like that dude. And um but yeah, so he doesn't train with Baker anymore and he's He's been hurt, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with AC, and hopefully he can come back and do pretty well because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of him. He tweets bro sometimes, and if writers tweet me and it's not like I hate you, then I'm like, okay, this guy, he participates. He's aware of the conversation that I'm having, and he is not necessarily sending his approval but just acknowledging that he heard it and not being ultra pissy and lame about it. Most riders haven't done that. There have been a few, but most riders have been cool about it, which has been nice because, god damn, it seems. Our sport, I think that motocross really is, like, for, like, I think motocrossers are tough, honestly. Physically, tough. Mentally, not so much. So much sensitivity happening. Just stop. Don't be sensitive. Don't be a sensitive little bitch. Perfect example. Um, so the Oak Hill and Freestone Amateur Nationals happened the past couple of weeks. And it's still, I've always said that I don't get why there's a C-class at Amateur Nationals. If you're a C-rider, just ride local until you're a B-rider and then go to Amateur Nationals. Because it makes sense for a B-rider because... If you're a B-rider, you are trying to gain attention of legitimate sponsors and teams. So you're going to go to the Amateur Nationals because that's where they're looking. If you're a C-rider, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody's gotten a deal off of being a C-rider that resulted, that was like worth it. You know what I'm saying? So nobody's ever gotten a deal off of riding the fucking C-class that made it worth it to travel a thousand miles to Texas or to Loretta's, and not to mention all the fucking, because now the C-Class is fast. It's crazy. The, the level of sandbag is out of control. The C-Class at Amateur Nationals is honestly pretty much A-Class. And, like, the top five dudes in the C-Class could go to any local A-Class race and be competitive. And I will fucking, boom, stamp of approval on that. And so I'm not really trying to dog the C riders here. Like, I think they're actually good. Just fucking enter the B class. If you are that fast, just ride B, dude. Because winning C 
versus getting 10th in B is there's no difference. You're not going to get more sponsors off of winning the C class. You might get a couple more percentage points off on your gear. But who cares? You spend all that money on bikes. and Because now, now in the C-class, since they're fast, you have to have a fast fucking bike. That's what sucks about the amateurs. Some dudes can get away with having fairly stock bikes. But some of the bikes out there are practically factory. And it's all coming out of daddy's fucking pocket. I think that most, honestly, I think that most of the fast sea riders are a result of rich fucking parents. Because they're the parents that are like, yeah, fuck it, dude. He's just a sea rider, but let's send him to MTF for fucking two months. And then on a road trip all over the country with four bikes and a full-time mechanic. Because whatever, we don't want to look at his fucking face. And, you know, we've got other things to do than raise our children. And uh, so good job, parents. I like that. I like, because uh, kids suck. Who the fuck likes kids? I <sighs> just took a, t- a nice sip of coffee. Coffee's delicious. And, uh, but yeah, I, I said that. So I tweeted something about it. I said, what's the point of a C-class at Amateur Nationals other than taking money from gullible parents? And a bunch of dudes got all fucking defensive about it. And I, again, like the, my only argument is just race local until you're B. And they're like, oh, well, what's the point of the B class then? They fucking, I, I just said it. It's people actually pay attention to the B class. Name, if you can name five riders who have top five a C class amateur national in the past five years, then congratulations. You pay way too much attention to the sport. You need to get on Tinder and find a chick to suck your dick right now even though it'll never happen because, damn, bro, you need to fucking get your priorities in line. Get a job, dude, okay? Get a better job. Because I guarantee you, even if you have a job and you know five kids who top five the C-class in the last five years, you aren't working hard enough. You aren't devoting enough time and energy to improving your life, no matter how good your life is right now. That You could be doing much more. So fucking go do it. And stop paying attention to the goddamn C-Class because you're, you're supposed to not give a fuck about the C-Class. That's why I don't get why they have the C-Class. at. And don't even get me started on D-Classes. I, luckily, I think most of the amateur nationals don't do a D-Class. That's fucking ridiculous. When I grew up racing, and I'm sure it was the same for a lot of you people listening, it was ABC. That's all you had. If you were a, C, if you were a beginner, you just fucking... Took your licks in the C-class. It was kind of sketchy, but that's what you did. And then you eventually moved up into the B-class, and then A, good job. And if you were lucky, you went pro. Now it's, okay, the C-class is actually kind of fast, even at local races, so we're going to make a D-class for fucking beginner guys, and now dudes are going to get, like if anyone's ever gotten in, I guarantee it's happened, if anyone's ever gotten in a fight, off of something that happened in the D-class, holy shit, dude, you are a fucking bitch. Just get over it, man. It's the D-class. It shouldn't even exist. Thank your fucking lucky star. Like, oh, dude, I was fucking going to win the D-class championship. Has anyone ever done that? Has any... Oh, this is a question for the girls. Have you ever fucked the guy that won the D-class? And if so, I want you to get in touch with me somehow. Tweet me on... 
Twitter or something or yeah, or send me something on, in, on uh, Instagram. Cause I want to know, I want to know your story. If any moto hoes out there have banged the D class champion, I want to know what it was like. How, how did the story play out? What were the events that led to the act of consummation? Because damn, you probably need some therapy before and after that happened. And look, I know that the C class isn't going anywhere at amateur nationals because it's, a, it's like a full gate every time. So the race promoters are like, fuck, yeah, we're going to have a C class. That's, that's good for fucking like 80 entries in probably more than that. There's probably like four C classes that pretty much have a full gate, sometimes more than a full gate. So you're talking about like fucking 150 entries you're paying, what does it cost, like 50 bucks a pop now to enter? Probably, it's honestly probably more than that. I haven't uh, had any interest in entering an amateur national in a long time. So, uh, haven't even looked into that. But, yeah, I mean, if you guys are willing to spend it, then have at it. And I can't, you can't blame the promoters. If the people are going to spend the money, I mean, it's, it's simple supply and demand. If... There is a demand for the C class, and you're there. There, you got 150 entries at 50 bucks a pop. Then, yeah, okay, we're gonna get down on that. It's 7,500 dollars if you're doing the math. Oh, I just did that in my head, and because um, I'm a genius. So anyway. What's good about all that is that the amateur nationals actually seem to be doing pretty well again. Like they're they're picking back up. It's crazy how everybody just says economy, economy, economy. Like nobody, I would say, seventy to eighty percent of the people that say that in when talking about dirt bike racing don't know anything about it. Not that I know anything about it. Well, I know a little bit more than they do, and it's crazy how the trend in local racing and amateur racing um, in terms of amount of entries correlates pretty perfectly with how the economy is doing. Because as it's picking up, amateur racing is picking up. Local racing starting to do better too. So that's good. I complain about C classes and D classes, but hey, people are going to the races. It's a good thing. So good job, motocross. We're doing it. Good job, motocross. Speaking of the amateur nationals, I actually watched a good amount of the Freestone coverage. I mean, it's, hey, great. Like, I know that you couldn't get live coverage from amateur nationals a few years ago, so it's cool that there's something, but damn, did it suck. It was just one camera just trying to follow riders around the track, but I, I watched it. It was good little B-roll while I, like, in between jerking off, so I, uh... You know, I kept I kept a one eye on it and the other eye on Pornhub, but this uh, uh, Forkner—that's what I was going to talk about. Austin Forkner, holy shit, is that kid fast? Incredible. He's nuts because it's like he actually has a similar frame to, I think, a Zach Bell or a Cincerillo, but he rides with crazy control and doesn't fuck up no mistakes because there are probably about six or seven other kids that are capable of running Forkner's pace if they aren't making mistakes the thing is all of those kids you know the Cantrells 
Bradley Taft, uh, Chase Sexton, Tristan Charbonneau, and there's a few more. Uh, that McAdoo kid. They're all capable of running his pace, but they can't do it for 15 minutes. Nobody can. Forkner is just rock solid. And I've said this about Dungey before, that I don't think Dungey is trying as hard as he can. Forkner, I actually do think, is trying pretty much 100%. He has just somehow managed to find a way to ride at 100% where he doesn't make mistakes. And uh, if you saw his scrub, his scrub thing that he put on Instagram, I'm doing the scrub motion right now because you guys can't see me, but I'm totally scrubbing the air right now. I'm scrubbing the fuck out of that air. And it was nuts. That kid's really, really good. He's going to ride Hangtown. And I definitely think he could top five if he's got the stamina, which I think he does because he doesn't fuck up. That's when you really get tired, I think, is when you make little tiny mistakes because that shoots your heart rate up. And you're like, oh, and you start white knuckling the bars. And then you, you're, you get into your own head. You're like, oh, my God, I just fucked up. Don't fuck up again. Oh my god, I just fucked up again. And even though they're tiny mistakes and you're still going, you your heart rate is up, you're gripping the bike super tight, you're getting into your own head, then you get tired. When you're not fucking up, it's just like, hey, all right. That's what they call the flow, as I do the air quotes. The flow is when you're just riding and you don't have to think about making mistakes because you're not fucking making them. And then you can go forever. And everybody who races knows what I'm talking about, that sometimes, even the dudes that aren't pro and aren't training or anything, sometimes inexplicably, you just have a race where everything goes your way and you just ripped a good start, got in front of people, nobody really got in your way, it wasn't too hard to pass, you didn't have to take any super insano lines, unless you were already taking super insano lines, in which case, props to you, and you just go, and you just ride your dirt bike, and you're like, holy shit, this is like fucking breathing. This is how easy it is. I don't even have to think about it. Ryan Hughes said something like that before about riding riding a dirt bike to him is like walking. And you know, you kind of I I kind of got to believe it cuz that guy could ride a dirt bike really really fast for a really really long time. And it's nuts that people can do that at the professional level. And Forkner, I think I think riding a dirt bike to him is like walking. I don't think he thinks about it at all. I think he just fucking switches into autopilot and just does it. And I think si similar shit with uh, Dungy. Dungy's just like, all right, I'm riding here. Although Dungy is an incredibly, incredibly smart racer, so I think he might actually be thinking about what's happening on the track. Because his... that I mean, that's why he's been so successful. Is... He knows exactly when to turn it up, when to turn it down, when to strike. I mean, because now he's really good at making passes. He used to fucking suck at making passes. And now he is like the best one out there. So I think that Dungey's actually probably does think about racing because he's just like, all right, I'm picking this shit apart. All right, I'm going to take this. I'm going oh, to put, put wheel right there. I'm going to take that inside line. I'm not going to pass him right there, but I'm going to pass him in three more turns because this is a fucking chess match, and I am like goddamn Bobby Fischer out there. And um, I was, it's kind of nuts how 
because Formula One and MotoGP started this past weekend too. I don't know if you guys care about that. You should. They're the uh, two most popular racing series in the world. So I think you should. Motorsports racing series. And uh, so we should take some interest in America. Although motocross, I think motocross is more important. And it's crazy how teams, because, you know, these are individual sports. Again, air quotes. It's crazy how teams rise to the top of those sports. Like in moto right now, at least in AMA, Red Bull KTM, they've won three of the last four AMA national championships. They won both championships last year with Dungey. And now Muskin is totally killing it and a consistent podium rider. So I think it's safe to say that Red Bull KTM is the dominant team. And then in Formula One, you have Mercedes, a team that nobody can fucking touch. And in MotoGP, Yamaha, another team that nobody can fucking touch. And it's just interesting how we there. these are individual sports, yet these teams... I mean, there. I think that's evidence that it's not a team sport, or sorry, not an individual sport. That the team actually does legitimately matter, and I think I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of like a bummer because you want to just see guys be able to just come up from nothing and ride their fucking beater ass bike and still win. That's not going to happen anymore. I mean, we have reached a level. And I mean, I don't think we just reached that level. I think we've been there for a while. But now it's like you need a solid team behind you. Just a bike. Even if the even if your bike is as fast as a Red Bull KTM, it's not enough. You need to have this team of people watching everything that happens from the fucking motor to the suspension to what you, the rider is doing on the bike. Everybody watching one particular thing and who is an absolute fucking expert who can nerd out and talk about suspension all day long. That's what you need these days if you want to be competitive. Just being a good rider is not enough. And that's kind of a bummer. It's like, damn, man, I wish... Because that's the type of shit that makes... like, Okay, Jason Lawrence is never going to be able to make a fucking comeback because even if he were to get back to the level of skill and speed that he had before... He, no, no team is going to give him a ride. Because I actually interviewed Jason for Meta, the, check out Meta, the new, it's not a magazine, it's like a coffee table type book about motorcycle culture. Totally bitching, you should check it out. And uh, anyway, for one of the past issues, I talked to Jason Lawrence, I did, a, I wrote a feature about him, and he talked about how he actually does want to, he is interested in racing nationals again, but he's not going to privateer it. He's only going to team it. And it was like, dude, nobody's going to give you a ride if you're just chilling out in New Jersey or Florida and just riding around. I don't care if you're riding Dungey. If you're not going to the nationals and proving that you have the pace and the speed and the stamina, sorry, pace and speed are the same thing. The pace and the stamina then nobody cares. It's like nobody's going to really believe you until you're putting yourself on that stage and proving that you have to, the chops to make it. So even if you were to do a couple of races, take Austin Stroop before he fu- – oh, my God. I totally forgot the, to talk about Stroop. Uh, what I was going for was take Austin Stroop. He rode a couple of arena crosses and then got that Husqvarna ride. 
let's change topics and let's talk about Austin Stroop. Holy shit, dude. How do you blow that, man? I know that addiction is a bitch, dude. And I'm not going to go out there and say that just, just don't do it. But at the same time, it's like, you know that your life has been fucked up by, I'm just going to say it, dude. It, he, like, drugs, okay? I don't have any proof of what Stroop did or continues to do. I have no idea. But I'm pretty fucking positive that he was on drugs and that's why he fell off of the pro scene. I mean, it sucks because, and I've talked about this before, that doctors over, over-prescribe pills when, a, when someone gets hurt, and unfortunately injuries happen all the time in motocross, and riders are constantly over-prescribed pills. They get addicted to them. They're on the pills. The pills get too expensive, so they're like, oh, well, heroin's way fucking cheaper and gives me basically the exact same high. So then they switch to heroin. Stroop got arrested with weed and heroin. Weed is not a problem at all. Smoke as much of it as you want. Um, if you are addicted to marijuana, then you are a fucking loser. That's all I have to say because it's not addictive and it's fucking awesome. If you're addicted to weed, and I'm not saying that nobody is, but I'm saying everybody who lets weed take over their life and actually negatively affect them is a fucking loser. And uh, But moving on. Austin had weed and heroin on him, got arrested, felony charge for heroin. I know that he was planning on doing the Canadian Nationals this summer. Probably not going to happen now. It's kind of tough to get into Canada when you have a felony fresh on your record. But it's like, if you're, if you're Stroop, you've already been like heavily in the throes of addiction he had, I mean, he had to at least somewhat get out of it because he was riding at least, I mean, dude, going to arena crosses and doing fairly well at arena crosses. And it's not like he was strung out that whole time. So there had to be moments where he was like, oh, shit, when I'm actually straight, I can do, I can ride a dirt bike pretty well, and oh, shit, fuck, I can actually maybe make a comeback. Like, I'm, I'm back on a team. I, he probably wasn't getting paid to be on that, but maybe he was making some bonus money, probably making some bonus money. So he's like, oh, shit, I can actually start making some money again. Maybe I can really come back if I, like, fucking keep it on the straight and narrow. And then to just fuck up like that immediately. It's like, dude, just... I think that they just need to write shit down. Like, every single time you want to go do drugs and you want to go score some heroin, write down a pros and cons list. And I think that you would see, shit, man, if I go fucking stick this needle in, I'm like, I mean, I already know, I've already fucked up a multi-million dollar career because I wanted to get high on the fucking H. And, um, but, and like I said, I know that addiction is a bitch. And I've seen it firsthand. And... I know that I don't understand it because I just don't. It's like addicts always say, if you aren't an addict, then yeah, you just don't get it. And I think that's true. I think you just don't understand. That's why it's really hard for me to offer any perspective on this. You guys can do whatever you want. I think there's mad people saying like, oh, he's a fucking shithead. Fuck, fuck a drug addict. And um, don't, don't say that, dude. He's not a sh- you're, if you're a drug addict, you're not necessarily... There's plenty of drug, a- drug addicts who are shitheads. Don't you worry. Being a drug addict does not make you a shithead. So, but 
total bummer, man, because it's like Izzy, I think Izzy straight up like made the comeback. When he was in 2010 or 11 or 12, I think it was 12, he was he was top fiving nationals again uh, when he was on Star Yamaha. And it was like, all right, fuck yeah, Izzy's back. This is cool, dude. And then he got, he was riding Rockstar Suzuki and got hurt again and just went right back into the, into the lifestyle and then came back again and same deal. And now he raced, so Izzy raced fucking Freestone in the 25 plus class. So damn, maybe he's trying to go for it again, but it's like, I think that Izzy proved that you could come back, that a comeback is possible as long as when you get hurt, just fucking get Tylenol, dude, and just deal with it. Deal with the fact that it's going to be kind of fucking painful for a little while. I think that's the only way to do it. Because injuries happen in pro motocross. I don't think anybody is immune to that. So you're going to get hurt. Don't just fucking take Tylenol, man. That's my only answer. That's the only answer that I can really offer is when you get hurt, just take Tylenol and don't let yourself get back on the fucking pills because they've already, if you've already fucked up your whole life, because they did, they fucked, dude, millions of dollars those kids were either already making or were on the precipice, both Izzy and Stroop, for sure. And just threw it all away because they got on fucking pills. So, and this is all speculation. Sorry, I, I need to say allegedly for all of that because I don't have any proof. That's just what I think. I don't have any proof. Uh, so maybe they weren't. Maybe it was something else. But that was how I interpreted it. And it was, it's just like, dude, just fucking chill out. Um, okay, I'm going to wrap this one up. That was fun. Good times with uh, the Unnamed Brodacross podcast. Follow Brodacross on I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. And there's no race this weekend. Holy shit, because it's Easter. Fucking, what's the next one? Santa Clara? I'm going to be at the Ontario Arena Cross in California watching some fucking Arena Cross shit. So if you guys are there, um, buy me a beer, and then I won't buy you one. Okay? Take it easy. Bye.